0: Hello everyone, I'm, I'm Rajiv Mishra. Uh, welcome to the NZ of Film second episode. My co-host is Andrew James. I write things. And I, I work in the film industry in post-production.
1: And, and we're film fans and fans of NZ film and so that's what we're here to do. Talk about that stuff. So that's the first season is us talking about uh, New Zealand filmmakers. Uh, New Zealand film of theirs and then their uh, first Hollywood film or first international film. That's right, let's go.
0: This is the end to Z of film with Andy and Rajiv. All right, what are we talking about? Uh,
1: this episode, Rajiv. So,
0: this episode is uh, is Lita Mahori, uh, one of the uh, the favorite sons of New Zealand cinema. Um, he, even
1: though until very recently he'd only made the one. He made the Um, one one feature feature film. film? He made a bunch of shorts
0: and whatnot, and uh, a lot of commercials. Um, So we're going to be talking about uh, his seminal work, Once the Warriors, which launched him into a career path that led to uh, James Bond in Hollywood. Um, And and his first Hollywood film? Which was Mulholland Falls, not Mulholland Drive, as people keep saying. (laughs) Well, I keep saying. Well, that's (laughs) very different film. uh, Which uh, is a period piece uh, set in LA in the 1940s, 50s, 50s, 50s. the yeah. Atomic Age. I'm sorry, yeah, the 50s. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, well, should we kick off with uh,
1: "Once We're Warriors"? Mm-hmm. Is p- pretty um, brutal adaptation. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we're going to go, of go into name.
0: stories of, of, of what the story is about. It's it's about Alan Duff. Uh,
1: so it's about some people who were once warriors. No. It's- <laughs> Yes, that's right. It is uh, set in s- South Auckland. Our people want were his Jake. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love when they put that bit uh, of, of yeah about uh, one Maori family uh, tackling issues of domestic violence and abuse and sort of how it, it, it all just kind of goes to goes to poo.
0: Hmm. It's it's a pretty harrowing tale, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's a tough watch, really.
1: It really, it really is. Mm. It's
0: um... by the the novel by Ellen Duff, which uh, side note, my mother uh, read all of Ellen Duff's <laughs> Jake Hickey novels when I was growing up, which is hilarious because they're violent and strange. Them? There's three, three of them. Oh, sorry, Jake's, Jake's Long Shadow. I think I actually bought her one as a present, but it was interesting because they're not really her. You know, she was reading typical mum Fair Mills and Boons, and whatnot. Mm. And, well, uh, I mean, so
1: okay, so the film itself is pretty. Um pretty brutal, pretty uh has that sheen of down and dirtiness, but but is very <laughs> slick, very slickly done
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, that's that's the thing that really struck me rewatching it. I mean, it definitely has it's definitely held up amongst you know in, in the annals of New Zealand film as this important work, yes, which it is. But it's but it's like it just struck me how freaking spaghetti westerny it is, and I know that's a weird word to use, but it's in your face. Like, you know, when it starts, it's like it's hard cuts. It's it's. Well, I mean, they even, they're 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 and, and it even, it's just bam straight into it. There's no there's no subtlety about it. And it even yeah. opens sort of
1: on a uh, landscape shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. It's a wonderful paradise before. And coming that, out and seeing the, the horrible reality of the city.
0: That 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 opening scene, man, is a killer with Beth Hecke. and she's sort of like she's trundling through South Auckland with that trolley, and it's just like, wh- where is this place? You know, just yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so great. You know, it pans down from that shot of the hills, and it's like this weird, you know, dichotomy, juxtaposition, and then it's it, it's like these horrible. Trash-filled streets, but it's all golden hues because it's Leitao Moroni has a background of commercial filmmaking, so everything is fucking pretty as. It's like a Michael Bay, shot commercial, you know. So, but it's like these these uh,
1: film about domestic violence. Yeah, Yeah. about
0: domestic violence. But it's like it's all these it's all these beautiful tracking shots. None none of the none of the film has you know you'd think it would be you know we were all talking about this harsh brutal domestic violence thing, and you'd think a verity and you think a handheld and. And documentary style, no, the film has none of that. It's all it's all beautifully composed shots.
1: Yeah, for tackling a very ugly
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah
1: subjects and themes, it's very beautiful, kind of nice to look
0: at. Yeah, I yeah. Guess? So it's so crazy. It's a crazy. It's a great film. I really enjoy it because of that. You know, and and that opening shot, she she she's going through South Auckland, and she's like going past all these dudes like working out, and they're all wearing like kite like you know woven. Vests and stuff. That's like very traditional Maori and sort of gang tattoos and
1: yeah. Well, the gang stuff's all quite and uh, it's so flamboyant. Isn't it's it? so
0: fetishistic. It's yeah. so. I'm like I've seen. I I grew up. I grew up in on a slightly bad side of the neighbourhood out here in Hut and uh, you know I saw gangs and stuff, and none of them look like they'd look like <laughs> in Wants the <Once of> Warriors. <laughs> it's awesome. Really it was
1: kind of a, a <laughs> warriors version.
0: Yeah, what, yeah, the, yeah,
1: yeah. The film just the warriors and yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess, uh, do you think, like, um, Tamari was sort of making it look good, dressing all of this stuff up a lot, to so people would actually uh, get people to engage with the subject matter? Because if it's, um, like you said, if it was sort of all more cinema verite, it was sort of handheld and almost like a documentary, um, may have pushed people away. But yeah. the slickness uh, kind of brings them in, and then he gets to...
0: Punch you, with yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Get you with the gut punch.
0: I think that I think that's his thing. I and mean, we'll talk about Mohammed Falls' Hollywood films in a minute, but he he's all slick because he has that. He has a commercial filmmaking background, right? Like he made he made, yeah, made those family commercials, and I think he made the guy that's jumping off the bridge with yeah. all his Stuff's real slick and, and nice. So he and he, he, he just brings that to this this film. Um, but that's not to say it, it's it's a um, commercial. You know, a commercial no. hollow film. It's 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 no, got it's that not slickness, it's, yeah, it's but not, it's with slick, that other
1: slick, but thing. not hollow.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that and I find that really interesting because my memories of it, you know, when I first saw it as a kid, because I was what, I've been twelve when it came out, thirteen, and I don't think I saw it at the movies. I'm not sure. Probably, I was probably too young. I think it was probably R
1: sixteen. But I remember
0: when I saw it, thinking, you know, watching watching Tim Morrison beat those guys up in the pub, and and then that horrible rap scene, which I still find really hard to watch I I really it's a it's a really intense piece of filmmaking it's just like every time I I know it's coming I just I can't I don't want to watch it but I have to you know because you want to you want to be in that moment with her so you feel that the story envelop you but it's it's weird because when I first saw it it was just like it was like this I guess I was kind of like maybe I was a little bit baffled by it. Like it was a little bit like what what is this? Like what kind of a movie is this? You know, because of the slickness or because of the subject matter. B- b- both, both, both. I think I think up until that point, up until I seen it, it were movies like Goodbye Pork Pie that I was like, yeah, I'm just seeing Goodbye Pork Pie, and I wanted to make movies, and I was thinking this is this is what New Zealand filmmaking is like, and it was kind of haphazard and a little bit rough around the edges, and kind of funny and. Yeah,
1: odd. I guess yeah. So a lot of those early New Zealand films, you got your Goodbye Pork Pie, came a Hot Friday. Yeah, um, a lot of the stuff before uh, Once we Warriors that was commercially successful. Commercially in New Z- successful, in yeah, New yeah, 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 Was yeah sort of a rough and tumble, um, that number eight wire sensibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. with yeah that that kind of humour. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: there were dark films, but they weren't. They weren't huge box office successes. Huge, whereas
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we Warriors was
0: It was a massive phenomenon.
1: <laughs> a phenomenon, an yeah, actual yeah, yeah, yeah. legit phenomenon, because. Um, which you know because there are catchphrases from. Catchphrases, but.
0: Yeah, well, they are catchphrases. Kind of cook cook, cat cook me some eggs is a weird yeah, exactly, thing to yell at people. It's a horrible thing to yell at.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I knew that. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a scene. Uh, you know, Jake, Jake the muss, hickey tells his, get his wife to cook cooking him and his mates some eggs and she tells him to cook his own eggs. eggs. Yeah. And then the violence that comes from that. From that. Um from her standing up to him. Um, I knew all of that from just it leaking into the New Zealand pop culture. Before seeing the movie. Before seeing the film. And then to actually see that (laughs) within context it's yeah, Very yeah. bizarre thing.
0: Yeah. Why are we yelling this at people? <laughs> why is this?
1: Why? Is that, why is that in particular the thing yeah, that's yeah. become
0: what everyone
1: yells? Cook no. me. Uh, yeah. eggs. I, I, why is that the thing? Why I
0: don't. Is... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's uh, the name of the film is Once for Warriors, and I love it when characters in movies say the name of the film. Uh, Beth Hecker says, "Our people once for warriors." Jake, and I was like, "Yes." This, but I guess that just doesn't have the same ring to it as "Cook me some eggs." Even though the "Cook me some eggs" is a really horrible thing to say to someone. It's funny aside about that. I hate being this guy that knows that drops his stories about people, but I got to work with Ted Morrison one time and I'm not saying that I'm awesome, but it was amazing for me because I'm a massive fan of his. And I was really, I was really awestruck, which is, which is a complete no, no on New Zealand films. People don't do that. People, New you Zealand people don't, struck. no, people don't do that. So it was very hard for me to contain my excitement about getting to meet Ted Morrison. I'm, I worked in a, on a splatter car, a comedy called fresh meat, which I liked, but I don't think the critics liked very much. Um, but he, I got him to sign my friend Rebecca Goodby here as is a, is a massive fan. And she met Tim Morrison one time many years ago. So I thought it'd be funny if I got him to sign a copy of the DVD of What's the Warriors for Rebecca. And he did. And he wrote on it, Cook me some eggs, Rebecca. Tim Morrison. <laughs> 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 I thought that's, was, was wow. strange that's, and funny.
1: That's, that's, yeah, that is, I don't really know what to think about <laughs> yeah,
0: that. Know, because, it was stranger. Yeah, a
1: Well, yeah, like, yeah. But uh, So well, let's talk very uh, quickly and briefly about Tim Morrison, shall we? Because this was in pretty much every way his breakout role. Yeah, it's yeah. Cinematically speaking. So before, for those of you who are overseas and don't know... You may know Tim Russia Morrison. ...the um of <laughs> New Zealand pop culture, Tim Morrison was on a soap opera here, uh, Shortland Street, he was many a year, many, many, <laughs> many moons ago, uh, and so then once Were warriors was was his first film.
0: No, no, uh, but so, it was well, a big a big film. Uh, no, oh, after Shortland Street, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: And then that sort of got yeah. him noticed by Hollywood quite a lot. Yeah, um, he has been uh, a Pakistani pilot in Vertical Limit.
0: He has indeed,
1: yeah. Um, I believe a Native American witch doctor.
0: Uh, yeah, a Native American witch doctor in a, in a, in a French western called uh, Blueberry, starring yep. Vincent Cassel, which I've seen. And I showed to him on set and he was really surprised that I'd seen that film because he hadn't even seen it. <laughs>
1: um, oh, he's been a Mexican hangman. in
0: uh, From Dust of Dawn 3, exactly. the Hang hangman's daughter. daughter, Yes, which I think is the best from Dust of Dawn sequel.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, Boba Fett's dad, Django. <laughs> yeah.
0: Probably Cal, his most famous role, which is
1: what probably most people know him, know from, him from. Oh, um, that
0: guy, Tim Morrison. Yeah, he he later on he was the bad guy in in WWF's The Marine Part Two. Uh, he was also in uh, the Scorpion King Part Three. Um, he's been in
1: not all, all not, sorts of let's, let's
0: Not not super great
1: films, <laughs> shall
0: we say? Gotta, guys got to pay the bills. I mean, I'm. But just, yeah,
1: but um, in Once for Warriors, it's. It might still be his best performance?
0: I I think he's good in most things his... he does, to be honest. I think it's the I think it's the film in which he gets to flex his acting muscles the most.
1: Yeah, he I, really he's a force.
0: Yeah, I think I, I mean, think he's a good actor. I think a lot of people write him off as not being good. I think he's a great actor. I think he just needs good material and a good director behind him. He, but he often I think ever since he was in Star Wars he gets put into these um, genre films that are just Subpar, you know, like yeah, yeah. So, so, but he was. I mean, I, I remember reading. Oh God, I can't. Was it in the beginning that that, that book we had to read in film school? Uh, that he was not considered a favorite uh, for the role. People were concerned because he's he's not a he's not a terribly big fella. And he's no, never well, been guess, intimidating. So people yeah, were a so little bit. in his
1: previous role, and Street. Ah, oh, it was,
0: was Rena. good looking
1: doctor.
0: Yeah, he was a good looking doctor. Like he was like the George Clooney of Shortland Street. Yes, the
1: George Clooney <laughs> of our Daily Soap.
0: Yeah, yeah. But he was, uh, um, it was Rena Owen. There was uh, uh, Julie Narahanga, who was uh, an actor who was in The Matrix. Remember him from The Matrix? He was also, he plays the eldest son in um, Once a Warriors He went on to make a documentary about uh, uh, Once a Warrior's, Where Are They Now? Uh, and in that, I'm pretty sure it was they were talking to Rena Owen, and people were worried about Tim, like being able to bulk up and being able to be intimidating in this role. Right. And people were like, well, "He's never done anything like this before," and I think there was a lot of a lot of things going against him. But he came to set and like knocked it out of the park. I think people after that first day were devastated. I think I think she said that people were like crying, that people were upset. There was like a lot of emotion because of what he was able to do with that character, which is it's some good work. I mean, it's he's a fucking He's scary. He's fucking scary. Legitimately he, scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then there
1: are also those moments where they are together as a family and having yeah. a good family time. Which
0: yes. is why he's so, he's such a great character. Eh? Like it's yeah, you know, he yeah, he comes yeah. along and they go to the beach and they have their fish and chips and they're singing songs. And he's like, oh yeah, you can understand why Beth Hickey fell in love with this man. He seems yeah. charismatic, but then that dark side man just gotta get out the way. It's bad.
1: Yeah, it's and I guess really bad. yeah, and that's yes. So great performance, but also a great performance from Rena Owen.
0: Yeah, Rena Owen, who Beth, who of course. has not gone on to. I think I mean because she's I guess she's the wrong age and she's a woman. I, I really think that she should have gone on to be a great, huge star because she was amazing in that film. Yeah, killer so performance. The
1: uh, just sexism sort of rife throughout the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, she, her performance was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's gone on to do. She went on to have a good, a, a, a good career. She worked on various things. She she even had like a small part in Steven Spielberg's AI. She's done things. She's gone off and done things. And she came back to Short Street, I think, for a while. And, and then she had a she had a great part in a Toa Fraser's um, uh, the Deadlands, where she played like the witch doctor lady in the dream sequences. So she's, 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 she's always been a favorite. Like, she's like, she's someone if, if, if a movie has her in it, I'm going to be excited. Like she was yeah. in, she was in Crow, the Crow Wicked Prayer, like the fourth Crow movie. This is not a good film, but I was like, I want to see that because Rena Owens in it, you know? And she'll give a great performance. Yeah. And it was a small part, but she was good in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. But, but going back to Lee, um, he's a, I think, I think he really got some really good performances out of these people. Like he got, and he really captured something Like, I don't know anything about South Auckland. I'm not. It's not my hood. I didn't grow up there. But it just feels like, even if it's not authentic, it feels like he really created a world. Like, it's a real good world building exercise. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's that kind of um, the fantasy to talk about the reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which a lot of good stories do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cliff Curtis was in the film too. We talked briefly about Cliff. Him and Tim Morrison have the same agent, but Cliff has managed to work with people like Martin Scorsese in his life.
1: Where he played um, uh,
0: Hispanic, Hispanic. Um, he's played Pablo Escobar. He played. He did. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he's been on TV. He's in that new uh, Fear the Walking Dead TV series.
1: Right, I think it's. I don't first, watch it, but the Hollywood role that he is playing a Marty. He's playing a Maori. Like yeah. they
0: were like, we're going to make you. Ma-. It's not his first Hollywood role. He was in a movie called Virus. Oh yes, with with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Donald Sutherland. It's a terrible film. I think Jamie Lee Curtis has even said it's the worst film she's ever made, uh, on the record, uh, as saying that. Um, But he plays a Maori in it. He there's a scene where they, they play they play like seafaring pirates, and they're going to board the ship which has been taken over by this alien virus. Mechanical Biological machine And there's a scene Where they're like They're like going Through this ship And like they're going to Steal the good stuff Of it It's an abandoned ship And the character's going What are you going to do With your money And the guy's like I'm going to open a restaurant I'm going to do this I'm going to do that And they ask They turn to They turn to Cliff's character Who's called Hikoi and they say, what are you going to do with your money? And he's like, oh, I'm going to open up a Kura Kupapa back in New Zealand. And I was like, hey, oh, wow. he's making like a Totally <laughs> legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something, obviously, he would have added to the character. Sorry, we're going we're, away. We're, we're, well, we're talking we're going about going away uh, yeah. later. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, what else did you want to say about Once Who think Have we covered?
1: Well, I just, um, I think there's a lot. I mean, it's a very confronting Yeah, film especially for, uh, you know, middle New Zealand. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. And going back to how we were previously talking about uh, Utu, and so that's kind of almost a natural progression from Utu to uh, Once Were Warriors, that how, you know, things aren't as um, hunky-dory between the Pākehā and Māori as as a lot of Pākehā, I think, Mm. would want to believe.
0: yeah. I I do feel like Once a Warriors, I mean, there's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily d- d- deal with the dichotomy. I mean, it deals with the fact that a lot of Maori are broken, and I guess that's yep. a it's a leftover from colonial times. But um, it does it does. I think it's an outlet for. I think if a lot of a lot of Maori would think that it's a, a Maori story, and like I remember the reason I talk about this, is I remember very clearly reading a bunch of reviews on IMDb written by New Zealanders that were like. And they were like, you know, the, the, the thing they latched onto was like, this is a movie about domestic abuse and Maori families. And Maori have got issues, Maori this, Maori that. And then I read like a review from like a a Canadian. It's like, yeah, we've got issues with our native folk as well over here. (laughs) I was like, I'm not sure whether Mm. you, whether you're getting the
1: the point
0: of the film. (laughs) Like I'm not sure that's what, that's what they're trying to talk about. It's, it's like yeah, there's there's issues here, but it's not necessarily a Maori problem. And then if it is a Maori problem, it stems from issues of colonialism. It's not like, it's not like a look how bad these Maori people are. We're gonna yeah, make a movie about no, them. No,
1: exactly. It's, it's not. It's the really
0: strangest thing to think. <laughs> like, I don't know where people get that viewpoint. I love I love that. I love reading reviews from people that hate uh, stuff on IMDb. Crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's just it's 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 interesting to see how, what other you know like. I always think, oh, there's always different viewpoints on films. People like this, people like that. I like this, I like that. But then when you see like something that's, where did you get that reading from? You know, It's really yeah, a interesting. a viewpoint that
1: you just have no idea yeah, yeah. where it came from. Yeah, it's from. awesome.
0: Yeah. I love that sort of stuff. Uh, cool.
1: Well, let's move on to Tamahori's um, Hollywood. Just briefly. Oh, no. Lee
0: Tamahori was the, um, he was a boom on Goodbye Port Pie And then he was like, brought on as a first AD for Utu because um, Jeff was Pākehā and he thought he needed a Māori advisor. And he was someone that was... He put Lee in a position of uh, importance on set. One, because he knew he was good. Mm. Lee Tamahori is obviously very uh, good at what he does, but also he was, was Maori, so he was able to work as the advisor on that. So that was a natural progression from the previous episode into this one.
1: Cool. Okay, He's well, uh, Lee Tamahori's first Hollywood film, Holland Falls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Nick Nolte in the lead role, and, jeez, that's... Uh, <laughs> Quite a lineup of actors. Right? You've got Chaz Palminteri, you got Michael Madsen. Um,
0: Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Uh, Joe Conno- Joe, Jennifer Connolly, uh, John Malkovich. Melanie Griffith. Uh, William uh, S. Peterson turns up.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that's what I wanted that's to talk like, about yeah. as well, actually. William <laughs> Pedersen showing up in another Kiwi's first Hollywood film. Yeah. He very quickly um, leaves the film. He <laughs> does, yeah, movie, yeah. He tossed down... The eponymous Mulholland Falls. Oh, so
0: we should probably talk about the film. If no one's seen so, it, hopefully people have seen it. But
1: yeah, so Mulholland Falls. So set in the fifties, um, uh, squad. I guess like a the hat squad. Yeah, like the the gangster squad. Yeah, like uh, that was the, done
0: with Sean Penn. The Sean Penn film later on.
1: Yeah, the team of um, cops in the LAPD who were basically tasked with breaking up organized crime organized crime sending mobsters back to Chicago we don't have mafia in LA exactly
0: Um,
1: with very little in the way of rules or guidelines or um, desire to follow the rule of law
0: Mm. a film in which Nick Nolte is perfectly cast amazing he's fantastic (laughs) Uh, and so
1: it's basically a murder mystery Um, is the main impetus Mm. Um, when a young woman is found in the middle of nowhere basically Looking like she's been run over rushed. by a steamroller. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wasn't moved or anything. And it's also a young woman that Nick and had an affair with. Mm-hmm. And then there's government secrets mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things that come into play.
0: Atomic bombs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a what is it? It's a it's a period piece that's also very slick. I think I think Lee commercial background. Lended itself very well To um, Hollywood agents Or whoever was doing Scouting going Look at that film That he made We can get that guy Over here And he can make films For us That are like our films You know like you already had that sensibility about him. And it's it's a pretty film. Well, my Holland is a pretty film. It's, it's a very nice pretty film.
1: F- and it's yeah, yeah. also a film I enjoyed quite a lot. Oh, good.
0: Oh, I'm glad. So we agree on this one, me yes. and you together. That's yes. That's good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I think my favourite thing was just uh, those four guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say. And in the car, driving about, having a
0: laugh. So they're um, four very similar looking guys. They're all yeah, they're big, broad shouldered yeah. And they, there's this one scene where they turn up to the crime scene, you know, where they're, they've got that guy the Jennifer Connolly's like boyfriend, gay, her gay boyfriend, and they're sort of babysitting him and he gets killed in the sequence. And then they have like they have like the the aftermath, uh, what do you call the forensic crime scene guys yeah. doing their thing and then the hat squad turn up. <laughs> and they're like these four giants walking among all these like scientists and stuff. Because it's like Nick Nolte and Chaz Bono and Chris Penn and um, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. <laughs> you know, like these big guys wearing hats and and they're just also wearing suits. Yeah, big big zoot suit sort of suits, and it's just it's just funny. I just find it amusing, but also awesome because it's like it's clear that I don't know what the real Hat Squad was like, but these guys are big intimidating dudes. You know, they, yeah, uh, and
1: they, they pal around. They drive about. And, <laughs> yeah, they like, pal
0: about. The have, weird. have a couple of laughs together, and, and the strange psychological commentary about Chaz Palmenteri. Oh, that was He's seeing a therapist. Chas
1: Palmenteri, <laughs> who's typically playing these hard case mobsters,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: As this uh, cop who's. <laughs> Got issues therapy <laughs> yeah, yeah. to deal with his anger, yeah, yeah, and yeah. eating issues,
0: yeah, his eating issues. Like, yeah. he's talking about, like, and that's why I eat, you know, I eat to fill that hole, yeah, <laughs> like that, that void in my life. It's just like, oh, this is great. There's that awesome scene, like, there. I think, I mean, this is obviously to do with the screenplay, but Lee, I think Lee understands that sort of uh masculine bond, as seen and yeah, uh, Wants to Warriors. There's a the, there's great scene where, where. Uh, Nick Nolte is clearly having a bad time uh, with the fact that he's possibly going to find out that he slept with this this prostitute and had an affair. Um, and he's said so they've oh, got she's the prostitute. No, she's not a prostitute, but she, but she's oh, I'm getting the plots of story. She's filmed herself with lots of guys. Yes, and uh, but then the be question a, is, yes. um, but but there's a scene where like the this film gets sent to the department, and and he and he starts freaking out because it's like it's her sleeping with John Malkovich, but he was like, Oh, it's the same hotel room I've been in and he starts freaking out and he gets real angry about it and and you know, he sort of like goes off into this room and a half and Chaz Muhammad Terry comes along and tries to talk to him. But they have this they're very, you know, they they're clearly very good friends there and he's real angry about it and Chaz knows his character knows when to back off. You know, he knows it's the yeah. time to, to leave the room. And, Unspoken bond. Yeah, and they're not angry with each other. They just know that that's that's the thing. And it it just seems like there's the the film is you know, it's not deep in characterization, but it has these little moments that has, really work.
1: It's, it's not um, particularly, I guess, subtle or anything, but it doesn't shout things or you know, yeah, character yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dynamics and relationships. It yeah, doesn't yeah. sort of shout them out from the rooftops. No, a lot of the time.
0: It's and it's. I like the fact that it's kind of a small film, like it's a small murder mystery. As a,
1: yeah, like it's re, it's a relatively contained.
0: Yeah, although you know the 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 repercussions of it are bigger, the atomic warfront style side of things. But but the story itself is And it's
1: very pulpy. Yeah, yeah. Which very is great. pulpy. A yeah, 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 lot. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's yeah, it's so it's the gangster squad. Uh yeah. and fifties LA and okay, and they're beating up um criminals and
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. mafia
1: guys and then there's a murder. Oh, and they gotta solve the murder. Oh, and the murder involves atomic energy. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell's going on? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And they're tossing dudes off Mulholland Falls, and yeah, tossing and people like off a cliff, one-liners and one-liners, and chucking cigarette butts in their faces and stuff. Yeah, you know? they're all very. It's <laughs> awesome. There's just
1: a lot of oh man, it's so good.
0: And they go they go to the military base because that's where they they find out there's a connection there, and they and um. Oh, um tr-
1: Treat Williams, Williams
0: turns up As like the head of the military thing, And there was like Big fucking Fuck you Fuck you Sort of thing going on And they They, they would drive up to this gate And they're like Michael then, Madsen's oh, trying to I, I, the, the,
1: I need to talk about this Because this is one of my Favourite moments trying, in the film Trying to pick I the why. lock It's so, so good So um, Chris Penn goes to Shoot the lock off yeah, And yeah, Michael yeah. Madsen's like no, no 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 I can do I this I can do this You've been watching Too many movies kid And he just kind of Michael Madsen's up to the lock With some lock picks <laughs> And it's starts picking and it's kind of taking a while. Yeah, yeah, taking yeah. Taking a while. <laughs> taking a while. So Nick Nolte just gets him out of the way and says, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Hands goes to the hand of the lockpicks and Nick Nolte just <laughs> shoots, shoots the lock, the lock off. off. And then Michael Madsen, this is my favorite moment in that bit, just tosses the lockpicks away. Just like.
0: <laughs> throws them you know, on the ground. Just eh? just <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's the sort of thing that I really like about this film. Like those four guys really work well together. I thought that they. Yeah,
1: I could have just spent the entire film just about bowling about with those guys for a day Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. Chasmin Terry complains about uh, Nick Northy always being the one that drives <laughs> and then okay well you can have a turn and so he has a turn and he's, <laughs> he's shit at driving awesome. backs into another car yeah, yeah
0: yeah it was good and it was, it was when it was a cut it was just a straight cut like they are complaining, and then it cuts and then he's, yeah. he's driving and he's real happy Chasmin just so smart driving like smiling away at himself
1: and it's oh man it just even I was thinking. Just as I was thinking this, the movie was specifically saying it. I was thinking oh, they always sit in the exact same <laughs> yeah, yeah. seats in the car, and then Charles parliamentary mm. asks, Wild
0: "Why?" they all in yeah. the same seats, and he's like psychoanalyzing it because he was therapist. <laughs> mm. um, I think that Lee has brought this from his from Monster Warriors specifically is the uh, the understanding of a uh, married relationship. It's really interesting it's also quite small in there, but like, I really it's feel like a
1: large part of the plot. Almost. It's yeah, that's yeah actually yeah. the one weak point of the film. I feel
0: you feel, I I don't feel like that. I feel like, I feel like he really loves, um, Meg, um, uh, what's her name?
1: Melanie Griffith, Melanie
0: Griffith. Uh, and he's very remorseful that he had this affair, but at the same time, he, he loves Jennifer Connelly. Like he's, he's not, None of it. None of it is done out of spite or malice. I just feel like he's he's made a mistake and he's wrong and he fucked up pretty badly and he's gonna to have to do a lot of work to get Melanie Griffith's. Well, that, uh, trust that's actually back. the
1: one <laughs> thing I really liked at the end. At the end, yeah, she, yeah. Just walks, she away. walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's accepting of it. He's all because, like because yeah, yeah fucked up. because of what he did, she's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel um like that relationship between those four guys was. Great, and they they all worked well together, and you wanted to see more of them. I just that Nick Nolte, Melanie Griffith, they were it just needed. I don't know, just another little
0: thing. It, it might have needed. I I know, I I, I I agree with you that it didn't necessarily work one hundred percent. But I think that's the n- that's the failing of a typical Hollywood film. If it, if it was if it was more than what it was, then it would be a better movie. But what what we're looking at is an enjoyable but very standard film, right? It's yeah, not a, like. You know, yeah.
1: Which sounds, you know, damning with faint praise, but that's a really hard thing. But you don't to pull get off.
0: you don't get them very often.
1: No, like, <laughs> you,
0: yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. imagine a film like this. No, like you know, you have something like L.A. Confidential that's next level, but you don't you don't get stuff like what what we saw was a pulpy period piece that really
1: that worked. really works. Yeah, works yeah, yeah. In yeah. the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that is just that. That's what I mean. Like the Melanie Griffith stuff. Like I think it, you know, like Kim Basinger stuff is. Clearly, much more developed and highly confidential. Yeah. I just think that those small scenes they had together, Nick Nolte and Melanie Griffith, work. Like I believe them hundred percent, even though they're in small scenes. Like they seem like a real couple to me. That's that's all I meant by it. But
1: uh, yeah, I just I don't know. There's just something. I don't know if it's just because it's the trope of the cop who drinks a lot and ends up having marriage troubles and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he brought upon himself and all of that sort of thing, but uh,
0: yeah, it felt it felt a film noiry. That the way that she walked off, like it just it just seems like I can imagine it, it easily them them just being reconciled, you know, like in, in other films. So I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and
1: it is a very little. it's a pretty downer ending
0: overall. It is a pretty
1: downer ending. His partner, best mate, Jazz Palmenteri.
0: Died in his arms. Died in his arms. Yeah, <laughs> his brother and arms. i the film. Arms. No one's gonna see this movie anymore. Well, I should. <laughs> really, really should. Yeah, I do. I do feel like it's a forgotten film that people don't talk about. Like I was like reading lists of, oh, these are my lists of my favorite cops and robbers films, and my lists of my favorite period films. It's never on those lists. I reckon it should be. I reckon it's a good film. Yeah,
1: I don't know why it didn't do better or, or anything. I still don't know the figures whether it did work no, badly or not. But just in terms of even lasting in the pop consciousness
0: i think i i think i remember you know back when we were watching movies out of was 1996 so we were in high school i think i watched this without even realizing that it was a Lethal mori film i think i was like oh i really want to go see this let's go yeah. see this yeah it's like gangsters and hats and chases and stuff you know and it was just an added bonus that's made by lita mori it's cool um yeah it's it seems like a fun a fun film it's, It'd be interesting to see how it was built And how it was perceived at the time Like in the last episode we talked about Pauline and kale and stuff I don't know, I didn't really read any reviews for this one I didn't do much research I probably should have done some more apologies about that Don't say that listeners. Just, just, just don't say it <laughs> we, don't, we don't
1: have anything I've uh, done tons of research Okay. <laughs> I haven't, but I can say that I did Because
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what the general consensus is
1: But I mean it's, it's it is like people talk about LA Confidential They don't talk about... No Mulholland Falls.
0: No, because it wasn't nominated for anything or anything like that. But um, but it's some great performances. I mean, J- John Malkovich is in it, and he's he's great. In he's it. bizarre. <laughs> it's just I don't know. This, he is. Yeah. you are like, oh, you you had an affair with her, too. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you go. I understand Nick Nolte. You know, like he's clearly masculine and desirable in within the, the realm of the story. I don't quite understand. I guess you're powerful, John Malkovich. John Malkovich is powerful. So maybe that's what attracts. I don't know. I don't it doesn't know. really matter. Sort of, <laughs>
1: yeah. The, but he's good. I mean, overall he, plot mechanics.
0: he comes along and he's sort of decrepit later on and sort of dying from radiation poisoning.
1: Mm. But yeah, like, I just enjoyed watching all of these actors doing their thing.
0: Yeah. It's in, it's interesting. It's interesting to talk about whether Lee Tomohori's. Much of his, I'd, I'd, his uh, auteur theory, as weird and annoying as that can be, whether that works in this scenario. I, I really feel it works in Utu to Young Guns 2. Like, we can, I can yeah. see I can see. I don't know Jeff what
1: thematic in stuff carries over, for example, or concerns that you could possibly then, you know, talk about the auteur theory with, with Once Were Warriors and and Falls.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can see that really very easily clear, comes through is the commercial sensibility of Le Which is <laughs> yeah.
1: not a... Uh, it's like you can point to Spielberg films and talk about the or father issues that come through and stuff, yeah. But uh, the commercial sensibility is not really an overall theme of a yeah. director's work.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, the, the, the sexual thing is interesting because I remember reading an interview that said Le was like, I don't I don't depict sex on the screen. That's not something I'm, in, I'm into. Which is funny because there's a rape scene. It's not like consensual sex, but it's still sexually related in Once Upon a and, and then, then Marvel 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 opens. opens with like a freaking nude-ass Jennifer Connelly, a beautiful woman, uh, having sex on screen like straight away. You know, like, yeah. It's just like, so I'm not. And then of course he goes and does a Bond film where there's lots of
1: sexy times happening.
0: Yeah, I, I guess. I guess I could be completely wrong with the quote. If, if we get any listeners that are well-versed in Lee law, maybe
1: they can put me right.
0: <laughs>
1: Please let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, litamahori's Tamahori's uh, career trajectory is just, he went off, he went off, went off the rails. <laughs> like, he went, he, uh, what did he do after this? It was directly
1: he, after Mahalan Force? Was that uh, The Edge? It was
0: The Edge with uh, Alec Baldwin. Lots of behind-the-scenes stories Oh, another about Baldwin that. brother. Yeah, another Let's Baldwin. Let's not forget,
1: the... The forgotten Baldwin brother In Mulholland Falls <laughs> yeah. Daniel Daniel
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know If he's in Anything else
0: No that was Daniel right Yeah No wait
1: Daniel Baldwin
0: Just yeah. that one scene
1: uh, Two scenes one? He turned up And said you Give us the film I'm from the FBI. Yeah I'm from the FBI. he tossed the house And then he got beat up
0: That's right Yeah he got beat up An amazing beat up scene <laughs> <laughs> By Nick Nolte Um I can't, I don't, I get the feel, I, I want to say Daniel, but then I think, Daniel Baldwin was in John Carpenter's Vampires, and he, you know, he's kind of fat and
1: out of shape, and I, I have no idea, they, the Baldwins tend ten, there's, like, ten there's like, there's
0: like eight, eight of them, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> sorry,
1: why, why are we talking about, the, so, Tamahori, so, The Edge with
0: Alec Baldwin, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, uh, should get it up on, on there, um, uh, Oh, the James Bond film, obviously. Uh, the James
1: Bond film that brought an end to the Pierce Brosnan era. It
0: did. It because did. It I, was I For a very long time, I was an apologist for that film terrible. simply because I'm big on New Zealand filmmakers because I want to be one myself. Or I am one myself. And uh, I was all like, it was good. And I can't do it anymore because no. it's just not good. It's just not good. I don't think that blame can be laid at the feet of Lee Tamahori, perhaps. I think Lee Tamahori's no very I mean, good at shooting I these think, things.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> and I mean this as a compliment. I think he's a very good director for hire almost.
0: Yeah. You it'd know be, that
1: he can come in and make a make a film that looks and works.
0: I yeah, I, I mean it's it's weird, like, you know, the those those Cayuta Cinemas guys, they're like they've exalted people like john ford that work within the system and put their own things into into yeah. their work i think it's harder in this in the today's system to put your own stamp onto stuff you have to really be someone big like spielberg in order to do it i think mostly you get brought into studio pictures to direct studio pictures and do the best job you can i don't think you can bring your own thematic ideals into them as easily as or unless you're a supermaster like John Ford or whoever it is it'd be interesting to see what Mahana's gonna be like that 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 it's I that Lee Tamahori's
1: new film yeah his first New Zealand film since Once More Warriors yeah
0: I, I feel like that would be the judge of whether oh are there thematic ideals that carry on through his New that Zealand concern, work
1: and that concern Lee Tamahori and
0: yeah 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 it's hard like what are the thematic ideals that run through uh, Nicholas Cage's next and James Bond's Bond 20 and Holland 4's like, and The Edge like I don't know
1: that's right he did Next <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> hey 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 to be completely honest with you uh, Lee Horror is Next I've not seen Beginning to End but when I was on TV and I started watching it and first time I'd ever seen a Philip K. Dick adaptation where I go this character that Nicholas Page is playing feels like a character that I would have read like what I imagine in my head. It Philip never Kiddick. happens with Philip K. Dick novels. Like it never happens, like Blade Runner and uh, Total Recall. None of these films feel like... I've, I've read all those, well, a whole heap of his novels, and they never feel like that. Whereas Nicolas Cage is sort of walking around this... Uh, have you seen it? Yes. He's walking around this casino goes. trying to avoid the guys chasing him and stuff, and it's kind of funny and quirky, and he's wearing a weird jacket and he's got terrible hair. And it just felt... It felt to me like a like a Philip K. Dick character in my head, the way he was acting and moving and the way he was talking. Uh, I may be completely wrong. I never saw the film all the way through. By the end of it, I might be completely disagreeing with this thesis. But those first ten minutes that I saw felt like a Philip K. Dick novel, and I'm going to lay that squarely at the feet of Lee Tamahori who's okay. doing a good job. Well done, <laughs> well done, Lee Tamahori. Um, uh, God I really I can't remember I'm trying to remember What other films he's made But but he um, Oh X no, 2 uh, right. which Which Jeff Murphy Ended up being The second unit director on Yes uh, um,
1: Well I mean And all of those films Were successful enough Yes The James oh, Bond A long game spider Dying of the day Was No good um, But Made money Because it's James Bond
0: I would say that X 2 is not very good. I mean, these are all subjective things. There are people yeah. out there that love X 2 I didn't think it was that good. I also didn't think Along long a Spider was very good. Uh, oh, no, that's not true. I think Along Came a Spider was very good, actually. I really liked it. I'm going to flip it <laughs> 100%. Flip your 100%. just like that. I do think that it has a really, really horrible, horrible CGI car crash at the beginning. Which didn't need to be a car crash.
1: Yes, it does. I it was. I did not understand that. It's
0: Hollywood, right? They throw cars off bridges all the time. Why? Why did this one have to be a CGI car? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed really that odd.
1: Very strange. But then oh. Lee Tamahori has also done terrible CGI in other films.
0: I mean, on the on the on the Blu-ray for Die Another Day. I don't know why I watched this, but the making of. Uh, they were like they were like, "Oh, yeah, Lee's always trying to push the boundaries of special effects work i I hope Lee's not listening, and I hope he doesn't hate me for bad mouthing because I do love you, Lee. I think your work is great, but I was like, oh is is that he's always pushing the boundaries of VFX? does that mean that he was directly responsible for that car and a lockcam spider <laughs> you know, I was just going, oh, that's weird. some
1: strange effects work, <laughs> yeah and yeah the effects work and another day with
0: yeah surfing yeah. Uh, yep yep and uh the the i don't know if anyone out there is seeing triple x2 but the there's a scene in it where there's a car on the rails and it's all cg for no reason it just doesn't look real i mean this this is a conversation for another day i mean i get i guess i'm just becoming old i get very tired of cgi that doesn't work and well i mean
1: it's it doesn't work that's the thing yeah but you it's don't just... get tired of cgi you're tired of cgi that doesn't work or well, cgi that is not not necessary
0: No I mean CGI that, that I uh, there's, there's plenty of CGI stuff That I don't even know is CGI So I'm never going to complain about Because I don't know It's just a tree Or whatever it is in Lord of the Rings Or the comping that Weta does Is all excellent stuff But it's just when you notice it When you're like Well that doesn't look real And it just happens, It just It's jarring I, Well I worry I worry that I'm just getting old I, To me it feels like It happens more and more now I don't know whether that's true But that's what I feel like It'd be interesting to see What an 18 year old kid thinks About the state of CGI In the, in the film industry now yeah, they're eighteen. I don't trust their opinion. <laughs> they might think it's fine. Uh if we come to some sort of consensus, Alito Mahori. I think I think we both agree he's not made some of the best films on Hollywood, but they consistently look good. They
1: do they definitely do.
0: They look good. That's,
1: yeah. I, well, I he's got a very good eye, I think. Yeah. Well Holland Falls might be as it's definitely my favourite of his Hollywood
0: films. I, I I really like the Edge, but we're not really talking about the Edge today I thought the I mean, Edge was really good when I saw it.
1: And I do yeah, next.
0: never <laughs> saw it bigoted.
1: Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage <laughs> in it, which is good. But uh, yeah, *Mulholland Falls*. I was surprised at had you how not seen much it? I enjoyed it. I had seen it previously oh, years yeah. and years and yeah. years ago. I we saw it together. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, rewatching it, just how much I actually enjoyed. The experience of watching it—it's very enjoyable. Very it's a great pulpy. film.
0: It's a fun film. It's full of awesome, fun stuff. Oh, uh side note: I remember reading an interview with Lee Tamahori, where he was talking about he wanted to open—and I could be wrong about this, but I'm getting—I'm getting—I'm getting, I'm getting, it, I'm getting it. <laughs> all, all, all
1: our researchers from vaguely
0: remembered, <laughs> yeah, vaguely remembered snippets. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's weird because my memory is that he said I oh, wanted to start it off with casinos and people having a good time in restaurants, and casinos, and in the background. Backdrop was uh, was uh, atomic explosions happening in the Nevada desert, which is confusing because I think the movie said the movie said in L A. and I think what he was talking about was L LA, was Las Vegas. I could be getting myself confused, but there was a story about wanting to start the film with people having a good time and having atomic explosions in the background, and I thought that's a cool that's a cool image. It's a cool, he's he's yeah. got good imagery going on, like really yeah, yeah, cool, a good,
1: a good uh, visual sense.
0: I mean, obviously, they couldn't do it, so budget or whatever whatever the constraints were, but yeah, it is extremely good visual sense. I mean. I mean, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about their rape scene very much in, in *Once or Warriors, but that I still think that's one of the best. That's probably the best piece of filmmaking I've ever seen at all. Like that is some freaking confronting, horrible but, scene. And then she like hangs herself, you know? Yeah, ruining the movie for everyone that hasn't seen it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know. And it, it's it's funny, eh? When you when a movie makes you have a physical reaction like that. Like it really yeah. had a physical reaction. Like I want to, I want to stop it, or I want to turn away, or you know, I don't. I want it to not happen, but I know it's going to happen. He's using that
1: language <laughs> of cinema so well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. horrible scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he beats. You know, he gets his come up, and it's Uncle Bully. Uncle Bully. Exactly. Very, very uh, famous. Also, sequence.
1: another meme that has filtered into the <laughs> yeah, yeah. pop culture uh, <laughs> pop consciousness. Yeah. That has C- a Uncle very disturbing. Uh, Genesis <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah In the actual film Like an Uncle bunny. Yes. Yeah, so on that Positive <laughs> note Shall we wrap things up For our <clears throat> Our second
0: episode I think so
1: I think we're Lee good. Episode.
0: Yeah. We we conclude that Lita Mori is good. We like his films.
1: Yes. And quite looking forward to uh um, Mahana. Mahana, which is his new film.
0: Very oh, topical. We're so topical.
1: So very topical. Uh, this <laughs> probably will this who knows when this podcast will come out. It might be out we might have long just long after. We might
0: have just aged this podcast completely. And yeah. we were like, That was out weeks ago. Oh well.
1: Or or uh, so I'm looking forward to Mahana or Mahana. That was really good. Um, yeah, yeah, so, it
0: was a great film. Tom um, yeah,
1: yeah. got another great performance from uh, Tim. Tim Morris. I'm glad yep. that's a
0: nice com- that's a nice combination. Tim Tim getting to work on something great and Lee tomorrow getting to work on something great.
1: Yeah, so um, we should
0: give a big shout out to Dan. Slevin. We
1: should also yes, yeah. This uh, episode of the podcast is recorded in the luxurious Rancho Notorious Studios. Uh, thanks very much to Dan Slevin for hosting us here.
0: Yeah, thank you, Dan Sleven
1: and uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll see talk to you guys next time you can find me at uh, on the twitter at Andy James underscore inc with a k
0: and where can they find you Rajiv oh I, you can find me at, uh, at Rajiv film r-a-j-e-e-v f-i-l-m it's a weird foreign name
1: and that's how you spell
0: film. So that's good,
1: also. Uh, please, you know, do the usual podcasty things that you do with a podcast: comments share it, it leave and comments, and let people know about All it if they like good
0: it. Good social media stuff.
1: Yes, that stuff. Thanks for listening. Doo-doo-doo.